Chapters 9 and 10 of the Kama Sutra. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain and is read by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana. Part 2, Chapter 9 of the Aprashtaka or Mouth Congress. Footnote. This practice appears to have been prevalent in some parts of India from a very ancient time. The Shushruta, a work on medicine some two thousand years old, describes the wounding of the lingam with the teeth as one of the causes of a disease treated upon in that work. Traces of the practice are found as far back as the eighth century, for various kinds of the Aparishtaka are represented in the sculptures of many Shaiva temples at Bhavuvaneshwara near Kuttak in Orissa, and which were built about that period. From these sculptures being found in such places, it would seem that this practice was popular in that part of the country at that time. It does not seem to be so prevalent now in Hindustan. Its place, perhaps, is filled up by the practice of sodomy, introduced since the Mohammedan period. End of footnote. There are two kinds of eunuchs, those that are disguised as males, and those that are disguised as females. Eunuchs disguised as females imitate their dress, speech, gestures, tenderness, timidity, simplicity, softness, and bashfulness. The acts that are done on the jagana, or middle parts of women, are done in the mouths of these eunuchs, and this is called aparashtaka. These eunuchs derive their imaginable pleasure and their livelihood from this kind of congress, and they lead the life of courtesans. So much concerning eunuchs disguised as females. Eunuchs disguised as males keep their desires secret, and when they wish to do anything they lead the life of shampooers. Under the pretense of shampooing, a eunuch of this kind embraces and draws towards himself the thighs of the man whom he is shampooing, and after this he touches the joints of his thighs and his jagana, or central portions of his body. Then, if he finds the lingam of the man erect, he presses it with his hands, and chaffs him for getting into that state. If after this, and after knowing his intention, the man does not tell the eunuch to proceed, then the latter does it of his own accord, and begins the congress. If, however, he is ordered by the man to do it, then he disputes with him, and only consents at last with difficulty. The following eight things are then done by the eunuch, one after the other, that is, the nominal congress, biting the sides, pressing outside, pressing inside, kissing, rubbing, sucking a mango-fruit, swallowing up. At the end of each of these the eunuch expresses his wish to stop, but when one of them is finished, the man desires him to do another, and after that is done, then the one that follows it, and so on. 1. When holding the man's lingam with his hand, and placing it between his lips, the eunuch moves about his mouth, it is called the nominal congress. 2. When, covering the end of the lingam with his fingers collected together like the bud of a plant or flower, the eunuch presses the sides of it with his lips, using his teeth also, it is called biting the sides. 3. When, being desired to proceed, the eunuch presses the end of the lingam with his lips closed together, and kisses it as if he were drawing it out, it is called the outside pressing. 4. When, 
being asked to go on, he puts the lingam further into his mouth, and presses it with his lips and then takes it out, it is called the inside pressing. 5. When, holding the lingam in his hand, the eunuch kisses it as if he were kissing the lower lip, it is called kissing. 6. When, after kissing it, he touches it with his tongue everywhere, and passes the tongue over the end of it, it is called rubbing. 7. When, in the same way, he puts the half of it into his mouth, and forcibly kisses and sucks it, this is called sucking a mango fruit. 8. And lastly, when, with the consent of the man, the eunuch puts the whole lingam into his mouth, and presses it to the very end, as if he were going to swallow it up, it is called swallowing up. Striking, scratching, and other things may also be done during this kind of congress. The aparishtaka is practised only by unchaste and wanton women, female attendants, and serving-maids, that is, those who are not married to anybody but who live by shampooing. The akaryas, who are ancient and venerable authors, are of opinion that this aparishtaka is the work of a dog and not of a man, because it is a low practice, and opposed to the orders of the holy writ, and because the man himself suffers by bringing his lingam into contact with the mouths of eunuchs and women. But Vatsyayana says that the orders of the holy writ do not affect those who resort to courtesans, and the law prohibits the practice of the aparishtaka with married women only. As regards the injury to the male, that can be easily remedied. The people of eastern India do not resort to women who practice the aparishtaka. The people of Ahishatra resort to such women, but do nothing with them, so far as the mouth is concerned. The people of Sakita do with these women every kind of mouth-congress, while the people of Nagara do not practice this, but do every other thing. The people of the Shurasina country, on the southern bank of the Jumna, do everything without any hesitation, for they say that women being naturally unclean, no one can be certain about their character, their purity, their conduct, their practices, their confidences, or their speech. They are not, however, on this account to be abandoned, because religious law, on the authority of which they are reckoned pure, lays down that the udder of a cow is clean at the time of milking, though the mouth of a cow, and also the mouth of her calf, are considered unclean by the Hindus. Again, a dog is clean when he seizes a deer in hunting, though food touched by a dog is otherwise considered very unclean. A bird is clean when it causes a fruit to fall from a tree by pecking at it, though things eaten by crows and other birds are considered unclean. And the mouth of a woman is clean for kissing and such-like things at the time of sexual intercourse. Vatsyayana, moreover, thinks that in all these things connected with love, everybody should act according to the custom of his country and his own inclination. There are also the following verses on the subject. The male servants of some men carry on the mouth congress with their masters. It is also practised by some citizens, who know each other well, among themselves. Some women of the harem, when they are amorous, do the acts of the mouth on the yonis of one another, and some men do the same thing with women. The way of doing this, that is, of kissing the yoni, should be known from kissing the mouth. When a man and woman lie down in an inverted order, that is, with the head of the one towards the feet of the other, 
and carry on this Congress, it is called the Congress of a Crow. For the sake of such things, courtesans abandon men, possessed of good qualities, liberal and clever, and become attached to low persons, such as slaves and elephant-drivers. The Aparishtaka, or mouth-congress, should never be done by a learned Brahmin, by a minister that carries on the business of a state, or by a man of good reputation, because though the practice is allowed by the Shastras, there is no reason why it should be carried on, and need only be practised in particular cases. As, for instance, the taste and the strength and the digestive qualities of the flesh of dogs are mentioned in works on medicine, but it does not therefore follow that it should be eaten by the wise. In the same way there are some men, some places, and some times, with respect to which these practices can be made use of. A man should therefore pay regard to the place, to the time, and to the practice which is to be carried out, as also as to whether it is agreeable to his nature and to himself, and then he may or may not practice these things according to circumstances. But, after all, these things being done secretly, and the mind of the man being fickle, how can it be known what any person will do at any particular time, and for any particular purpose? Chapter 10. Of the way how to begin and how to end the Congress. Different kinds of Congress and love quarrels. In the pleasure room, decorated with flowers, and fragrant with perfumes, attended by his friends and servants, the citizen should receive the woman, who will come bathed and dressed, and will invite her to take refreshment and to drink freely. He should then seat her on his left side, and holding her hair, and touching also the end and knot of her garment, he should gently embrace her with his right arm. He should then carry on an amusing conversation on various subjects, and may also talk suggestively of things which would be considered as coarse, or not to be mentioned generally, in society. They may then sing, either with or without gesticulations, and play on musical instruments, talk about the arts, and persuade each other to drink. At last, when the woman is overcome with love and desire, the citizen should dismiss the people that may be with him, giving them flowers, ointment, and betel leaves, and then, when the two are left alone, they should proceed as has been already described in the previous chapters. Such is the beginning of sexual union. At the end of the Congress, the lovers with modesty, and not looking at each other, should go separately to the washing-room. After this, sitting in their own places, they should eat some betel leaves, and the citizen should apply with his own hand to the body of the woman some pure sandalwood ointment, or ointment of some other kind. He should then embrace her with his left arm, and with agreeable words should cause her to drink from a cup held in his own hand, or he may give her water to drink. They can then eat sweetmeats or anything else, according to their likings, and may drink fresh juice, soup, gruel, extracts of meat, sherbet, the juice of mango-fruits, the extract of the juice of the citron-tree mixed with sugar, or anything that may be liked in different countries, and known to be sweet, soft, and pure. Footnote. The fresh juice of the coconut-tree, the date-tree, and other kinds of palm-trees are drunk in India. It will not keep fresh very long, but ferments rapidly, and is then distilled into liquor. 
The lovers may also sit on the terrace of the palace or house, and enjoy the moonlight, and carry on an agreeable conversation. At this time, too, while the woman lies in his lap, with her face towards the moon, the citizen should show her the different planets, the morning star, the polar star, and the seven rishis, or great bear. This is the end of sexual union. Congress is of the following kinds. Loving Congress, Congress of Subsequent Love, Congress of Artificial Love, Congress of Transferred Love, Congress like that of eunuchs, Deceitful Congress, Congress of Spontaneous Love. 1. When a man and a woman, who have been in love with each other for some time, come together with great difficulty, or when one of the two returns from a journey, or is reconciled after having been separated on account of a quarrel, then Congress is called the Loving Congress. It is carried on according to the liking of the lovers, and as long as they choose. 2. When two persons come together, while their love for each other is still in its infancy, their Congress is called the Congress of Subsequent Love. 3. When a man carries on the Congress by exciting himself by means of the sixty-four ways, such as kissing, etc., etc., or when a man and a woman come together, though in reality they are both attached to different persons, their Congress is then called Congress of Artificial Love. At this time all the ways and means mentioned in the Kama Shastra should be used. 4. When a man, from the beginning to the end of the Congress, though having connection with a woman, thinks all the time that he is enjoying another one whom he loves, it is called the Congress of Transferred Love. 5. Congress between a man and a female water-carrier, or a female servant of a caste lower than his own, lasting only until the desire is satisfied, is called Congress like that of eunuchs. Here external touches, kisses, and manipulations are not to be employed. 6. The Congress between a courtesan and a rustic, and that between citizens and the women of villages and bordering countries, is called Deceitful Congress. 7. The Congress that takes place between two persons who are attached to one another, and which is done according to their own liking, is called Spontaneous Congress. Thus ends the kinds of Congress. We shall now speak of love quarrels. A woman who is very much in love with a man cannot bear to hear the name of her rival mentioned, or to have any conversation regarding her, or to be addressed by her name through mistake. If such takes place, a great quarrel arises, and the woman cries, becomes angry, tosses her hair about, strikes her lover, falls from her bed or seat, and, casting aside her garlands and ornaments, throws herself down on the ground. At this time the lover should attempt to reconcile her with conciliatory words, and should take her up carefully and place her on her bed. But she, not replying to his questions, and with increased anger, should bend down his head by pulling his hair, and having kicked him once, twice, or thrice on his arms, head, bosom, or back, should then proceed to the door of the room. Dataka says that she should then sit angrily near the door and shed tears, but should not go out, because she would be found fault with for going away. After a time, when she thinks that the conciliatory words and actions of her lover have reached their utmost, 
she should then embrace him, talking to him with harsh and reproachful words, but at the same time showing a loving desire for Congress. When the woman is in her own house, and has quarrelled with her lover, she should go to him, and show how angry she is, and leave him. Afterwards the citizen having sent the Vita, the Vidushaka, or the Pithamurda, to pacify her, she should accompany them back to the house, and spend the night with her lover. Footnote. The characteristics of these three individuals have been given in Part 1, page 31. End footnote. Thus end the love quarrels. In conclusion, a man employing the sixty-four means mentioned by Bavravya obtains his object and enjoys the woman of the first quality. Though he may speak well on other subjects, if he does not know the sixty-four divisions, no great respect is paid to him in the assembly of the learned. A man, devoid of other knowledge, but well acquainted with the sixty-four divisions, becomes a leader in any society of men and women. What man will not respect the sixty-four parts, considering they are respected by the learned, by the cunning, and by the courtesans? Footnote. A definition of the sixty-four parts, or divisions, is given in chapter 2, page 45. End footnote. As the sixty-four parts are respected, are charming, and add to the talent of women, they are called by the acharyas, dear to women. A man skilled in the sixty-four parts is looked upon with love by his own wife, by the wives of others, and by courtesans. End of Part 2